I felt like I was living kind of a double life. Uh, I was not living up to the values that I was professing who I was. Right. right? And I felt like that led to like a secret life. And I was depressed. I hated who I was. And I was so fearful of getting canceled or getting exposed. And I was this public figure. And it was, it was, I, I hated and I wanted to escape from it. Welcome to the Men of the Hour podcast. I'm your host, Justin Crawford, and for the last few years, this podcast has been aiming to drive positive social impact to our listeners' lives with the lessons and stories learned from today's most influential men. My guests have brought up every topic in the book, from health and wellness to personal struggles and career successes. But no matter what the topic is, I want you to leave this podcast feeling inspired to get out there and create the life worth living for yourself, starting with the one you're listening to right now. Thanks for being here when you could have chose any other podcast out there. Now here's today's episode. You're here on the Men of the Hour podcast, and today John Christ joins me. Uh, and we're in for a treat because we haven't had a comedian on the podcast in such a minute. Uh, he recently kicked off his national stand-up theater tour, uh, John Christ, the Emotional Support Tour. And when I first read that out loud, and I was like, you know what? I wonder what that means. We're going to talk about it. Another thing we're going to talk about is his new book that he just released, his very first one called Delete That from Penguin Random House, which goes out on October 18th, right around the corner from us, my friends. Uh, but in the meantime, you know, John, I just got to thank you for coming on the podcast. I think there's a lot to cover with what you're currently up to, but most importantly, how you've built such an extraordinary career and how, how, how to do that in comedy, right? I think a lot of people are curious about that. So you being one of the first comedians to come back in season eight on this podcast, I got to thank you for joining me, man. Oh, man, it's an honor. I appreciate that. We're, we're, I am coming to you live from uh, Hampton Inn in Annapolis, uh, North Carolina. Where are you? Right now in L.A., but I, I hear go. you on the Hampton Inn stuff. I think that that's something. That I mean, I don't want to I don't want to just write up front. I don't want to brag to everybody like they're like, John, we get it. You know, you're doing well, like a Hampton Inn. OK, we see you. <laughs> What took you to Hampton? I, have you been enjoying yourself while you like you've been back on the road? I mean, this is probably the first time yeah. in, a, in a minute. We've been more of a back on the road, obviously, post COVID and everything we've been. Uh, it's wild because people it seems like people have kind of been like cramped up in their house for a, a long time. And the, and the shows are are bigger than, and better than they ever have been before. Yeah. And do you think a lot of that was probably because people were at home anyway? Right. Like, what does it describe the energy to us? I hadn't been to a comedy. I'm I probably right before the pandemic. I wasn't even at a comedy show since then. So that's two and a half. Yeah, years really. Now. Yeah, yeah. Well, I feel like it, I could be wrong on this. Maybe you have your own perspective, but I feel like when everybody's like, they say like quarantine is literally like stay in isolation. Mm. And that like that people don't understand how like how how much of a toll that takes on people's health. I mean, and that, and that like what's what's crazy is, you know, you'd see like um, you live in L.A. Yeah. You would see like the mayor of L.A. be like, hey, no, no going to eat out. And, and then you see him eating out or whatever. <laughs> or 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 you hear like, uh, you know, like Nancy Pelosi. I remember she was like, hey, no, um, no going to get your hair cut or get your hair colored. The, the salons are closed. And then mm -hmm. you see her. And I think it was, the, it was there's some politicians that got in trouble with the gyms, too. So it's like they go. Hey, don't do these things. But then they go, well, 
for me, I need it. I have mm. to go to the gym and people, there's things that you do during your day, whether it's the gym or getting your haircut or working out or going for a walk. You're like, people don't understand how critical that is to people's mental health. Mm -hmm. It's like vital because they go, the politicians go, hey, it's best if we just close all this stuff down. And then they go, yeah, but I have to go. Mm. I have to go for my sanity. And people, they didn't realize that everyone else kind of had to. And that's what we kind of found out on the back end that people are like having things to look forward to mm. and being social amongst each other. Like that's not just like a, uh, like a want of society. It's kind of like we, we kind of in a lot of ways have to have it or we'll, as, as, as social creatures will, will die. Mm -hmm. That's an incredible point you bring up. I think that there's so many people who, if you're listening right now, it's, it's, you'll begin to understand what you need when you don't have it, yes, uh, which we'll yeah. go back to that point in just a moment. I think that there's more, even with you in comedy, for those who have tuned in from either our side of the house or John's, I, I mean, you only know so much about John, right? Because he's a comedian. So I, I want to start with where this all began with you. I mean, when I was researching, I could go deep dive the trenches of what your career has been, but where, yeah. where did you find, where did you first say yes to comedy? Uh, and then looking back at it now, why are you glad you did say yes? Well, first off, I mean, I feel like we need what what are you saying? Are you saying that we have zero crossover in fan bases? <laughs> they're either coming from you. There's no people that like they're not. We're going to post this. and They're going to be like the collab of the century. My two favorite guys coming together. That's not going to happen. Maybe after it airs, of course. But I, I'd only imagine people who are following you on Instagram and then people who listen to this podcast. That's actually yeah. a great point. I've actually yeah, I've said that so many times. I'm like, oh, from this side of the house or or our guests. But um, might be a know. crossover. They might be just fans of. Uh, I think in terms of comedy, I it, it started as like at the frat house when I was like in college, mm -hmm. and you were just kind of like. Jerry Jerry Seinfeld told a story one time he was sitting on the back stoop of his uh when he was a kid probably 10 years old him and his friend were eating milk and cookies and he said something so funny that his friend spit the milk and cookies into Jerry Seinfeld's face and he goes that's the best feeling in the world <laughs> that's the best feeling in the world I want to do that for the rest of my life and that's what I kind of started like making jokes and started making people laugh and I was like obviously to make a career out of it is a different thing. There's a lot of guys at, at the local bar or at the uh, at your job that are like funny to make that step over into, I want to do this for a living, of course, takes, I, I, I never really believe in that philosophy. You know, the, uh, if you find something you love, you never have to work a day in your life. Oh yeah. I don't believe that, man. I love, there's no one could love stand-up comedy more than me and making videos, but I'm working, man. I'm work. I, I, I don't, it's not a, I, I don't begrudgingly work, but I am working. I'm getting on a flight. I got a, mm. I got a bunch of poster board that I had to pick up at FedEx for a video we're doing tomorrow. That's work. I'm not, I'm not, uh, that's like a misconception that work is, is somehow, uh, I think Sigmund Freud said the two pillars of life are love and work. Like mm. if you find someone to love and, and a work that you can give your life to, um, uh, that's where life becomes its full part. And I think the same during COVID, if you, let's say a very simple job, like let's say you work at McDonald's. Mm -hmm. All right. If you, so the, everybody was getting paid and then nobody was going to work. So everybody was at home and then everyone started to feel depressed and lacked purpose and lacked, uh, 
vision and reason reason to get up. And a lot of people started drinking a lot because there was no like if you work at McDonald's and you know how to drop the fries, get the fries out of the freezer, you know what temperature to put it on, you know where to get the oil, you know where to put the salt in. And someone comes in from working and you with the skill set you have give them a meal give them a food give them sustenance give them energy so they can go on in their day and provide enjoyment to them you have contributed mm. to the world to what's going on and when people lost that even if it's a very simple job like just providing food for other human beings and providing joy like after money and after all that that's what people want is is purpose and that that mm. would I would consider versus maybe finding a cure for cancer, maybe working at McDonald's is probably I would maybe less, but not in terms of someone's like need to contribute. It's the same thing. Mm -hmm. And I then mean, no one, no one had that, but you're also like, well, I got to go get paid. And they're mm -hmm. like, you're getting paid, but just stay home. And then you started to be like, and I got to start a business or I got to start, we were doing comedy shows like in, in parking lots, like, where mm. people would pull up in their cars and like, we didn't really care about money or we just like to do it. And then we, we knew, cause there's so many people do that are like, man, your comedy, I've gone through a tough time. I've, I've been uh, in depression. I'm in, uh, I have health problems. I've lost a job. I've gone through a divorce and your comedy has lifted my spirits and has helped me. And of course, we do get paid and it, there is other uh, ego driven uh, motivations to, to be a comedian. I'm not going to mm. discount those, but if you have the ability to help other people, I believe that you should, you don't, you're not obliged. You don't have to, but if you have the ability, then you should, whether whatever smaller, whatever scale, large or small that is. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, you hit the nail on the head with the idea of contribution right there. We'll, we'll go to that in a second. You, before you'd said that, there's almost this idea that you do have to continue to work, even if you love what you do. I think that's yeah. a really important note to hit on for a moment. So did yeah. you think that at any point in your comedy career, did it start feeling like there was more work uh, involved? The bigger you got, the more, the more recognized you were and the, the more that your yeah. career really started to lift off. And then how did you really navigate that to make sure that you weren't either burning out or falling out of love with comedy in a sense? Right. I, I think at what the beginning, if you, if you, at the beginning, you got to do all the work by yourself. You got to be, uh, you got to uh, be a graphic designer. You got to update the website. You got to be a travel agent. You got to be a sales and marketing. You got to be in merch. You got to mm -hmm. be in, you got to do all the jobs. If you start a business, everybody, anybody that listens to this podcast that's ever started a business, you got to do all of them at the beginning. And then, right you find a guy that can maybe help you with your website. You pass that off. You find someone that can help you with the merch. You pass that off. You find someone that can book the flights and travel. You pass that off. So there is a lot of, but with every passing off of the job becomes more personnel to, to manage and lead. So now right. it's like, well, yeah, you don't have to like book the flight, but there is, someone in charge of booking that you pay so it's like uh yeah you maybe you can work i think it's work on the um somebody made fun of me for this because i say i say a, a typical um 
it's like typical of my personality to to say quotes and I'm about to tell you another <laughs> the third one today said, I already said love and work and I already said yeah and then oh and then it's like uh um you get paid you get paid in proportion to the size of the problems you solve mm-hmm. that's everybody on earth so if you work at the front desk at this hotel I'm at you know how to you know how to enter in the information and get somebody a room. You can pay there, but you go, hey, let me learn how to set up the continental breakfast. Let me learn how to. There's a drunk, belligerent guy in the lobby. Let me pro, let me problem solve that. Uh huh. And then all of a sudden, you start to move up, and then you start to, and then you go all the way to the top because then they go, we got to give this person a raise because if this person's not here, the hotel falls apart. Mm. And that's what I said about. That's what I said about. Um, covid is everybody was home no one is working i go dude if you go into chili's right now and just work your ass off and be smart and be you will you'll be the gm in a month mm. in a month because no one was everyone was trying remember everyone was trying it's still true a little bit everyone's trying to find employees right and you go right. and grow their teams everybody and you go and everybody on my team you go if somebody goes, hey, that's not my department, that's not my, then then I'm going to find somebody that's going to do it, and, they're, and then they're going to rise above. And that's how, that's how everyone, everyone that started a business, I would imagine, would would agree with that point. That if you go, hey, it's not, you know, I, I take it, this is back in the day, you would take a comedy gig at like a, a church versus a college. You're like, I've never done a church before, but I'll go over there. And then I loved it and I figured out how to do it. And they're like, do more churches or you do a college or you do a corporate event for IBM or Apple or something like that. And they're like, right. you figure out how to do it. We love you. We'll have you back. You had mentioned here. I am just writing. I'm very honest on these calls where I'm like, you know what? I'm literally writing down the things that you had mentioned. You brought up in, in one city, we've been on, we've been on this podcast together just over 10 minutes and you've brought up Hampton Inn, McDonald's and Chili's. And I'm curious. Yeah, great point. You probably like the, we all love. I mean, I like a Hampton Inn, right? The breakfast in the morning, the McDonald's, and the Chili's. But the reason I bring up those three franchises is because I would only imagine the interactions you have with people who have those jobs, as you had mentioned, someone doing the French fries, someone yep. at the front desk, making you know, taking care of the drunk person at, at midnight. Yep. And so, can you give us a time? And I just I I want to ask this in good faith. I just know how I can tell what kind of person you are, which is why I'm asking this this way. But can you give us a time where you've interacted with someone at either a McDonald's, a Hampton Inn, or Chili's in the sense? that they recognized you as like the big hotshot comedian and oh, maybe what that conversation was like, uh, any advice you might've given them if they were, you know, wanting to be a comedian, having been working currently at one of those yeah. chains. I mean, I, I, that's funny that you used to say those are the three, like I should do, you know what, if I should go on a podcast, like next week, I'd be like four seasons and uh, Ruth Chris Steakhouse. They're like, <laughs> dude, you're giving you're playing your hand here, bro. Oh. <laughs> They did. We, we, we get it. You, you perform in middle America. Uh, I would say, I mean, it happened today at the airport three times where somebody goes, dude, I love your work, man. I love your videos. And, and uh, I think the guy today was a bus driver. Mm. Uh, and then the lady was uh, a flight attendant. And then um, the third ones was someone that worked at, at uh, was in line with me behind me at TSA. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I would say, uh, the thing about comedy is there's there's no and a lot of these artistic careers that like 
there's still the traditional careers, doctor, sure. right? Engineer. You're going to have to go to, you got to have to go to school for that. Mm-hmm. If you want to, if you want to drive a truck, you got to get a CDL driver's license. There's not really any way around that. You just got to go get the HVAC. You got to go to the school or so if you want to be a comedian and you live in Charlotte, North Carolina, what's wild about comedy and a lot of professions is the barrier to entry is zero. Mm. But like, look at, look at um, what we do. I have a podcast as well. Uh, mm-hmm. Net positive. Look at, yeah. Look at a podcast is like, look at, well, look at radio. What used radio used to be. Mm-hmm. You had to go to work your way up, work in the work overnights and like, load the load the cds and and get and and spend years doing that before they would let you say a word on air and now you can get you can start a pot anyone can start a podcast you got to buy a mic and literally have internet and you can start a podcast Mm -hmm. today Mm -hmm. but the difference is to be great at it it takes a lot of work so if you you could be a stand-up comedian tonight it, no matter what city you live in, there's probably an open mic. If not, there's one in the city next door to you. Mm-hmm. You could start being, if your dream was to be a stand-up comedian, you could do it tonight. And what's crazy about it is fear is the only barrier to entry. That's it. Fear is the only thing that keeps you back from it. And uh, people ask me three times a week. They go, hey, I go out in Nashville, a bar or something like that. They go, Dude, we love your comedy. Mm. I would love to be a comedian. And I say, go to the East Room at, 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 at 7 p.m. on Tuesday and sign up for the open mic and you can you can do it. Is and that you Basement know, East? Basement East, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And you know how many people go there? None. Yeah. Not, none that I've said, that I've recommended go over there. What My one buddy, Adam, has done it. So you go, hey, if you wanted to do it, if somebody comes up to you, oh, I like I'm podcasting. I love it. That sounds interesting. How do I, like, dude, we figured it out. Mm. There's no, like, if you go to, it's like med school. You got to go, you got to get good grades in high school. Then you got to go to college, pre-med, get good grades. Uh, take that test, whatever that test is, the MCAT or the LSAT or whatever it is. Yeah. Get into med school, pass those tests, do your residency, and maybe 10 years later, they're going to say, here, John Christ, you are a doctor. Right. And that if you, it's not it's hard to become a doctor, but it's not hard to 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 know what the steps are. I know what they are and I'm not even a doctor. Mm-hmm. But they say they say, how would you start a podcast and join a podcast network, get some advertising and, and you go figured out figured out and that's what a lot of people don't want to do think the mm-hmm. hardest the hardest thing to do is think that's why so few people do it it's because mm-hmm. it's hard to sit down with a blank piece of paper and write a joke is hard to sit down if you're working at a, at a job that you don't have to exert any uh brain power on you just go in clock in do it clock out mm. and you want something else for yourself something else for your life instead of 
getting home after work and turning on the game and ordering some Uber Eats and kind of disconnecting because that's what mm -hmm. everyone likes to do when they get done with work. They like to disconnect. Yeah. And that's how that's why comedy has been so helpful to a lot of people is I, I am the result of that disconnection. But everyone likes to escape. Whether that's hopefully not in in ways of addiction, but everyone likes to when they're done with the thing they have to be present, mindful at, they like to escape. And that's either, you know, watching a game or watching a comedy, or watching a movie, getting on the Internet. You like to escape and turn off, in essence, turn off the working of your brain. But if you wanted something different for you, so this has got like this is like a turn into a Tony Robbins seminar. If you wanted something <laughs> different and better for yourself you have to come home from work or either get up before work and think all right what do i want to if i wanted to work i'm in charlotte it's the home of uh nascar is where we are oh, yeah. this, this is the fourth brand i'm mentioning nascar you're like great it's not helping <laughs> after this one after this we're gonna go to cracker barrel uh oh their uh hash brown casserole is great man let's go uh <laughs> if you go i want to be I want to be, let's say you say, I want to be in the pit crew of the NASCAR. Mm -hmm. How would you go about doing that? There's no pitcrew.com and you can just, <laughs> I'm guessing, I'm guessing not. You would have to, how I would do it, you would go out to a race. You see if you liked it. You got, you buy a pit pass, go down there, see if it was fun. Um, you would look up all the guys you would look up uh brad keselowski is my favorite nascar driver look up his pit crew i bet they're listed mm -hmm. somewhere i bet they're listed somewhere i would follow them maybe ask them how they got into it and nascar is the biggest there's a thousand short track races all over america right and we we sponsor a racing team as well and we could use we could use people that to work on our crew Mm. So you go, all right, I'm not going to start there, but I could get in. I could at least go shadow someone. I pray, but you got to, you got to set your brain in that direction. And the brain is the most powerful, is the most powerful tool on earth by far. If that's why mental, mental health is so important. Cause if you lose that, you ain't got much, but your brain, if you set it to set it in a direction, the things that it can do are incredible. Powerful. You know, Absolutely you, powerful. we even said, I, I was talking to John before we hit record a little bit ago and I go, all right, yeah, we're, so we're men's health podcast. You know what I mean? We're going to get into some stuff that I think John may have, may or may not have talked about before. And he mentioned mental health. And I think right now, especially after there's been so many holidays and courses and, you know, some, there's everything about around mental health nowadays. So what's your take on it in the sense that you just said it, it's a very powerful thing to even understand what mental health is. And so when you think yep. of the, the 360 version of mental health in your life, can you describe that to us? And then if you don't mind, I'm really curious about your take on fear as it relates to mental health as second to that, sure. because, and, and just for a sec here, I think that the reason I bring that up is it's an overloaded term. So I'd love to get your thoughts on where you feel like, you know, it holistically has to be a thing where you analyze and, and, and know what you're doing with it and it just serve the power yep. of such, and then fear to it too, as well. Well, I, I mean, I was in, um, my own mental health journey is obviously well-documented on the, on the internet or Google, or you can find it anywhere. I, I was in rehab, um, in 2019 for, 
alcohol, depression, workaholism, a whole litany of things. Um, and what happened in there, what happened in rehab, this, this is, uh, so you, you're, you're struggling. You're, I'm drinking a lot. I couldn't, I'm, I couldn't imagine being alone at night. I was uh, involved with women, all, every addictive escape. I was, I didn't, I never did any drugs, but other than that, I was, I was, I was looking for, I was mentally, I was unhealthy. Right. And so when you go into rehab, all they want you to do is feel whatever you're trying to escape. Right. So we're trying to escape with whatever it was. What, what about your reality was so unbearable Mm. and dude, listen, they take away obviously drugs, alcohol, um, caffeine, they take away. Sure nicotine they take away sugar they take away uh television obviously and phones they take away um fiction books they take away music they take away and um even if you got a runner's high like a dopamine rush from running they would only let you walk 20 minutes a day because they wanted you to look look in the eye, whatever it was you were scared of, right? Mm. Whatever, whatever, whatever. Why were you depressed? I go, well, I I felt like I was living kind of a double life. I was as a as a Christian, um, I was not living up to the values that I was professing who I was, right? right? And I felt like that led to like a secret life, and I was depressed. I hated who I was. And I was so fearful of getting canceled or getting exposed. And I was this public figure and it was, it was, I, I hated and I wanted to escape from it. And then they take away everything. And now it's, I said, the brain is so powerful. I was like in a, in a treatment center, like, and it was horrific. It was so, I only say that I was in a treatment center. Cause I was like, if I, if there was alcohol, I would have gone to get it. And if there was, uh, I, I couldn't go, I couldn't, I physically couldn't get anything. So the brain, like if you sit at home or you work at a bar and you're an alcoholic and you're like, I'm just going to not drink for a month. It's like bullshit, dude. Like you're gonna like the, the brain is the, the brain is too strong or That's right. how many times have people that are overweight said, I'm going to quit sugar or I'm going to quit calories and then you're sitting there and it's at night and you go man i could use a double cheeseburger so bad like and those those thoughts overcome you and they come overcome all of us and that so but then if you if you let your body just sit they told me and i never forgot this they told me depression and pain and sadness are similar to a cut. So like if you cut your finger, your blood, you don't have to tell it to your blood will rush to it. It will clot. It will scab and it will heal. It'll do that on its own. So it's the same with sadness. If you, and you got to obviously do it. Like I was on antidepressants for a while and that helped me. It's like kind of like a floaties before I learned to swim in the deep end type thing. So if, mm-hmm. if you let your body, if you, if you keep escaping to whatever everybody knows, everybody that's listening knows what they escape to and everybody's is different. Right. Mm. So if you keep escaping to 
work or to women or to alcohol or to drugs or to social media, your body, it cannot, it cannot heal itself. But when you put it in an environment where I was so, when I was in rehab, dude, I was so depressed. I was so because I just had to look at my life Mm -hmm. and the reality of the decisions that I had made for myself and your body, if you give it the structure will begin to go down the road to heal itself. Mm. And that's what happened to me. And now I'm in, I'm in, um, I'm coming up in November 6th on uh, three months or three years, rather three years sober from alcohol, which it's unbelievable, man. I, I can't, I don't know who to, who or how to credit anyone for that. But mm-hmm. if you don't believe in miracles, bro, then you, if someone doesn't believe in miracles or someone that the people can definitely change that you send them in my direction, my man. Mm. And you, I mean, you're doing that by even opening up as much as you have. So thank you, because that's, I mean, if as you're tuning into everything you just said, it's, it takes a lot. It's, it's overcoming. It's, it's, understanding that sometimes you do have to sit still with, with everything that you've like all your familiar things you just mentioned. It was the alcohol. It was the ladies. It was things that were so familiar to you as such escape, uh, which, which is so can be powerful. But then did you ever think to, and I want to say thank you again for even mentioning all of that. Now for every great episode, we have to have a great partner on the ad spot with us. And as I'd mentioned, that's simple. You know, they're more than just a non-alcoholic bottle shop to me because when I met the founders, Helenita and Danny, I got to tell you, these two are on a lifelong mission to help all of us live happier and healthier lives. And that's what the show's all about. So I wanted to bring them on. Sipple has options for everyone. If you're pregnant, on medication, training for a marathon, undergoing cancer treatments, or just simply wanting to cut back on your drinking habits, Sipple has options for everyone. If you're pregnant, on medication, training for a marathon, undergoing cancer treatments, or just simply wanting to cut back on your drinking habits, that's why this store exists. And I know if you're not in Texas and you're listening right now, you're probably still just as curious about being sober as I was when I found out what Sipple was. So here's a couple options for you. One exciting drink with no sugar options that they have at Sipple is Austin's very own Tennyson Black Ginger. You could totally sip with intention with the Tennyson today as they're non-alcoholic liquid botanicals that bring the heat with a bold complex flavor. It was cool to see that these guys are straight shooters who focus on delivering sophisticated sensory experiences so that you can sip neat or on the rocks or even in the now or low proof cocktails. My friends, you never really know what it's like to drink something that isn't alcohol and how it can positively get you going until you try it, right? Even for my friends out there that are sober curious like I was when I found Sipple, it's totally worth the shot even just trying a new drink that isn't alcohol. Sipple and Tennyson have figured it out and have been doing this with such intention, and I think it's got to be one of the best partners we've had on this very podcast. Give your body and liver a break and be more mindful about your drinking choices today with Tennyson. Head to Sipple.co, that's S-I-P-P-L-E.co, and use the discount code SIP10, S-I-P-T-E-N, when you shop at Sipple.co. If you're walking in store and you're local to the Houston, Texas area, go ahead and walk in there and grab your Tennyson today and use that same code, S-I-P-T-E-N, SIP10. And if you're going online, just go to Tennyson.com, that's T-E-N-N-E-Y-S-O-N.com, where they ship nationwide. Find out more about Sipple, their inspiring story, and how you can begin your journey to a healthier life today by heading to Sipple.co. That's S-I-P-P-L-E dot co today. Did you ever think, too, that 
you were almost losing your mind in a sense because of how 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 powerless you might have felt by by defaulting to those things that were so negative that led you into rehab yeah i, I felt well i felt and anyone that's would this would struggle with any kind of addiction or you felt um powerless where i i i had no now i would say now i have um like like agency maybe or like choice so like i, I want to be the first guy to say i still make poor choices and i still go down the road i'm lucky to be sober enough sober from alcohol for three years but i still go down the road of um behaviors and decisions that are not healthy for me but i now have a choice where like three years ago i would walk into a hotel room at night after a show and being alone and sober i would not survive the night now that that's a that's a made-up reality in my head but that's truly what i believe to be i would not i won't i won't survive i will not survive it's like i felt like it's funny because i'm in a hotel room now but i felt like when the hotel room door closed it was like a prison cell and for me you understand that i would come off stage for four and five thousand people sold out standing ovation meet and greets uh you know signing people's things getting photos and then i walk around i get in the uh car drive around the corner and i'm nobody and so that juxtaposition was what it was near pretty dang near impossible for me to survive i just got i just got very popular very quickly and i just didn't have the tools to cope with that i do now but i didn't like it, it, you say a lot of people um anxiety is like a big is a huge for every, a lot of people and you think oh everybody has anxiety i even have a bit about it in my show that everybody has anxiety now well well what anxiety is is you are looking at a certain problem or issue you're facing in your life and you not do not have the tools to 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 overcome it so if you go i lose i lose a job that leads to anxiety because you i don't know where my next paycheck is going to come from i don't know where am i going to next i don't know what i'm going to do and then uh again back to mcdonald's mcdonald's is hiring you get a job there you're like oh okay i can afford rent i can order pizza on friday night i can go to the movies i the anxiety is at least lowered and then you may be this happened to my girlfriend she got a, a tax bill on accident she missed uh took out the w-2 or something like she had a five thousand dollar tax bill mm -hmm. and that's a heavy that wouldn't be i'm in a place in my life now where if that wouldn't be a that wouldn't provide me anxiety mm -hmm. Again, not to brag Hampton in, but like I, I, I would I would be like, well, that that's not stressful to me because I can I have that amount of money saved. I'm okay. Versus someone that was working minimum wage, you hit them with five thousand dollars, it it's too much. And then you want to go to something else to cope, alcohol, drugs, women, and that's how that sure. cycle because if you're never taught coping mechanisms whether that's if that's 
I mean, dude, I, I'm I, I'm 38 years old. I have a joke in my show about I got cut from the basketball team, and I the basketball coach after tryouts went into his office, wrote all the names of the team, put it on the door, and then shut the door. And dude, as a kid, like I mean, that's a probably not a that's probably not. Knowing what we know now about mental health, that's probably a little bit traumatic for mm. for a kid to that age to survive. Not to survive, they'll survive, but to not be a little bit wounded from. But like, I'll tell you what, that taught me. Mm. That's a, that because I thought, how am I going to go to school tomorrow? All right, so you'd asked her to prom, and she said no to your. I do. I have a girl. They would never in a million years imagine doing that today. I asked a woman that I like to go to prom with me. And she goes, no, nah, I don't think so. And it was like, what? Yeah. Like, but I know you're like feeling the energy of it. And me just telling the story. Cause uh-huh. you know, like, like, and so what that took, what that, so I go in essence, all right. Um, prom is coming up in two months. They mm. just announced it at the school. I would enjoy going to that Mm. i also need a date so then i look at all the girls in my class and try to decide who i would like to go and then you got there like i don't think this girl likes me that well i would like to go with her but that's a shot in the dark there's no way she would say yes that girl (laughs) probably wouldn't be that much fun i would like to all right so i want to go with this girl Mm-hmm. you're already problem solving then you're like all right i get it we didn't there was no like i'm 38 there's not when i was in high school at least i didn't have a cell phone so now you got to find her you got to like see when is going to be a good time to ask her you got to be after class after practice where is she going to be then you got to get up the courage to ask her she said no then all what it takes to to survive that think to yourself all right it's not the end of the world um i found another date it was Mm. fun me and that girl are still friends to this day right all the things that were involved in doing that strengthened me as a person Mm. and that's that's a very very small example but losing a job going through a health difficulty uh all those kind of things are are horrible, but it it kind of puts a human up against. We have tremendous, dude, tremendous difficulties in my business every day, every single day. So uh, sometimes it's something easy in terms of uh, like this, for example, we landed, and our our uh, hotel was like near where we're going tonight. But I go if I'm going to get on that podcast at one. I need mm. you to put me something closer to the airport. Just like, and those are small challenges versus um, big challenges. We're trying to find a, a we're two different networks with our podcast, uh, a live touring where a venue cancels or moves. I mean, the tremendous challenges every day. But if you want to insulate yourself from challenge or mm. or hardship, um. Good luck. I, I don't know. I don't know what else to say to you, but that, that, that good luck, really. 
like it's not it's not going to go well for you i assure you because the smallest thing is going to set you don't have the you know it's everything becomes anxiety because you like not i'm not i'm i got fear sure but mm. like i'm not scared i'm not scared of anything i look i said i rehab and me being canceled dude i looked the devil in the eye bro i had a literal conversation with him yeah if you tell me you're offended at one of my jokes i don't care i do now globally i care if everyone was saying that but i if you say i think you're a trash comedian and i hope you die or something like that that's i'll be fine I'll be just fine. I'm not being bullied on the internet. Like relax. Yeah. Mm. There's a sense of, and if you're listening to everything John has mentioned up to this point, there's almost a sense of, of confident ease. That's the only way I can really put this after having gone through what you'd been through, but acknowledging it, taking care of it, learning from it, getting stronger. That is what yeah. I've, I, I've, I imagine has, has been the journey of you getting through, not just through rehab, really. I mean, it's you becoming yeah. an outstanding comedian and, and, getting to be on a tour and now writing and releasing a book and having a successful, successful podcast to then talk to two networks. You have this level of, I, I, I like that you brought up fear twice already, but earlier you'd mentioned fear in the sense that you almost didn't have it, right? You don't, you don't have too much of it now. And then you just reiterated that. And I think it's important to hit on in the sense that when you do go through life experiences and you start recognizing how fearful you may have been, should you not pursue whatever that thing might be for you? It was comedy. It was a big career. It was yeah. opening a show. It was, you know, making sure that you got to the Hampton Inn to get on this podcast, which I wanted to bring up. Uh, thanks for you know, making the adjustment to do that, John, but that has to be the core of it now. So as fear pertains to how you've now kind of overcome everything, where do you feel like what you're signing up for and what you're wanting to do with your career and your name and all the things that you're up to, where does that play into the old version of John overcoming what you have overcome? So say you launch a book. Why did you launch the book? You know, you're doing a podcast, but why? So I really wanted to ask you in the sense of this new version of John Christ, where, where is everything playing into that? Well, I Okay, first of all, we were we were kind of it was I mean there was 15 or 20 of us in rehab when I was there, right? So you got and everyone in there, I went to the same place that Tiger Woods went. And this is like a very like a, a high-end type rehabilitation center. Mm. Everyone who was in there was wildly successful. So there's a lot of doctors, uh lawyers, athletes musicians entertainers these people that kind of reach this peak of whatever right mm -hmm. and then it, and then for whatever reason had then consequentially blown up their life with some kind of addictive either choice or being canceled or whatever all right so we're all in there and you're kind of working through this uh gigantic obstacle that's it's right in front of you they go all right this is the reason i'm here all right. And we're sitting there and we're in the, you know, once the kind of dust kind of settles and you're in there 30 days or something like that. And you kind of, I, I think I remember saying this to my buddy, Warren, I go, wait, like more bad stuff is going to happen. Like to, to us in life, like this is a significant, but like your like family members are going to pass away. That and that everybody, no one's your health problems, mm. job problems, like these things, these things, whether you like it or not, 
are coming to, are coming your direction. Mm-hmm. And so maybe it's not a matter of living in fear of those things. Those things are inevitable. No one, no one is immune from suffering. Mm. Every human being on earth, every human, every animal is, is no one's immune from suffering, whether that's uh, emotional or physical or, or mental or whatever it is. Maybe the goal is not to avoid suffering. The goal is to um, be in the mindset to be able to handle it when it comes. And what, what are you like in regards to your, why did I write a book? Why do I, Mm. why did I start a podcast? Why do I tour a hundred dates a year? It's like, what do you, what do you, what do you hear for? Like your money equation was solved. You got a million dollars or whatever. Then, then what? Like, what do you want? What would you like to do? What, what do you, what would you, what, everybody's supposed to work until they're 65 and then retire and then collect seashells for 15 years. Like <laughs> you can have that, bro. Like, yeah. like be about the, the, the reason that you've been put on this earth. And a lot that, that I was lucky to find mine. A lot of people are, I got a buddy that, uh, you know, he does, he doesn't work in his dream job, but his dream was to have a family and to put those kids in a nice school and to be able to have a nice home for them. And he, that his purpose is in essence, not his job, but what his job is able to provide him. And that's fine. Mm. Everybody, I don't think everybody needs to find purpose in their, in their vocation, but and some people find purpose in that they volunteer at their church. That's and right. They help they help people there. So you're like, well, what? I would like. I always wish to start a podcast, and you and you you the same, dude. You're like, I want to start a podcast. I would imagine when you first had the idea of I would like to do it until the first episode. I would imagine that was more than years. True or no? It was the pandemic, so it's definitely. Um... A lot of time for sure. Yeah. Yeah. They go, you. All right. That would be cool. And then it takes like, so whatever that is, if you're trying to be a, a, a construction worker or mm. a, a, a contribute in any type of way, you like to build things, go to Home Depot, get some two by fours and get about <laughs> get really. I don't think it's more like if you want to be a comic, you can go be it tonight. If you would like to be in construction, you can start that tonight. Mm. And that's what I would encourage people like, Hey, if, if, if the, world is coming to an end and we almost we didn't witness that but we witnessed pretty close where like i don't know if this the whole social structure is going to hold up if all mm-hmm. my bank accounts or whatever all went back down to zero i would be like well i i spent my life for a worthy purpose mm. and then that's what and that's what i could continue to do until i until i can't anymore mm-hmm. and then there's so many elements of what you spoke to I mean, towards the beginning of this conversation where it just makes sense that you are figuring it out as you go. And those yeah. building blocks are almost building themselves. I, and to your NASCAR point too, you were saying that like, oh, if you wanted to figure out how to be a pit driver, like I'm, I'm be on the pit team, like you kind of know now in, in, intuitively uh, over time, you've built this structure in your mind where you just kind of know what pieces to start building out together to figure it out, quote unquote, which I think yeah. is also a powerful move for the mind. Yeah, very like it have that kind of en- engine working uh what's wild is that depression will cycle you down mm. like and you like let's say you uh get a bad review from your boss mm-hmm. uh you get a flat tire your checking accounts overdrafted like a couple of th- those things will start to spiral you down 
Mm-hmm. And then a, re- a relationship doesn't work out. You don't get a text back from a girl or whatever. Sure. Oddly, not oddly, optimism is the same way that yeah. you start to like, you lock in a business deal all of a sudden. Um, some people call it manifesting. That's just a, a current word for uh, what it is. It's, it's, it, it, it does that law of attraction where then you start getting uh bumped up to first class you have those you you meet those people that are like could you see other people that are going places and doing i mean how did we come together yeah i don't even know how i found this podcast and you found me it's gotta be just there are so many decisions both of us have made by the way that Mm -hmm. that brought this together and these are these are i talked to people we've never talked before but i talked to people like you all day uh-huh that that are curious they want to know things that want to learn they want to grow they want to be better they want to like network they want to connect and in and, and optimism same way depression will take you down that other that this sounds more like a grant cardone or something like that. <laughs> you said tony robbins earlier they're correct yeah yeah, yeah. but you're Those right it's only- where it's where your business and to your point i think it's so special where like i for so long was like oh yeah let me like let's interview all these high profile folks and a lot of them ended yeah. up being entertainers and you know athletes celebrities whomever and oh. i started finding that you're right there's there's almost going to be a non um non-negotiable connection between mm-hmm. people who are really just trying to step up the ladder of what they're doing professionally oh. or not but where we meet in the middle with podcasts like yours and mine with net positive and men of the hour it's it's almost like again a non-negotiable connection as to how people are able to have these types of conversations now don't get me wrong there's cheesy ways to do it and we've both seen that and it's like if you can be a vulnerable and honest like you have we as listeners on this podcast get that out of you in order to then learn and grow which i think is the best part of it and so gary gary v he was the third motivational guy i know he one time he just like set up a zoom call with me and my team just to like learn and brainstorm and like figure out how we could help each other. Yeah. That's wild, dude. You think about that <laughs> much. I mean, that's just what, that's just the kind of person he is. Now I don't know him personally because yeah, he's a, how can I help your business? What are you learning? What are your, what strategies? How are you, what, how are you doing with the algorithm? What is right. what content is working for you? And we just like, he just wanted to learn and I wanted to learn and we, we were nothing has come from it currently, but it will. I promise you that. And then that's how those things work. That's how all of it works. Uh, something else working for you is the fact that you're a busy man on tour and you just decided to switch your hotel room to do this podcast. Crazy enough. Uh, I had deja vu when you said that, man, which was pretty cool. You got this book out now, which I'm, which I'm so excited to link below for everybody in the show notes. We'll have his, uh, his current existing tour tickets, his book, his Instagram, his podcast. Uh, John Christ, I, I want to leave you with the, you know, any space on delete that just in the sense that I know that it had to have been a personal note to yourself as well, but for readers who are going to click below and find out more about the book, what can we, what can we find out more from you now? Well, delete that is, is, uh, by the way, if you come to my, my book and my live comedy show is, is humor. It's, it's not motivational. If you come to you, like it, it is pretty much these ideas. Don't get it twisted folks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're like, wait, this guy's a comedy show. Uh, that is this idea that, um, you look online and everybody's like, I think it started because I was in McDonald's one time, actually I was in the drive through McDonald's and I posted an Instagram story and everybody's like, 
oh, McDonald's, disgusting. Who would ever eat there? That's gross. Why would you go there? And then I was like, but there's one on every exit in America. That's right. And every time I go there, the line is circling the place. So somebody must be going there. <laughs> and then I go like, you know, the, the band that everyone makes fun of is Nickelback. They're like, oh, Nickelback's a trash band. No one ever got like, that's disgusting. Like worst band ever. But when I, when they came to Nashville, they play the NFL stadium. So it's like, well, somebody's going, somebody's going. Yeah. So right. it is the idea of delete that is like everybody's on the internet trying to project something that they're not. Mm-hmm. We're trying to project uh, business success. Uh, there's there's a there's a, a hangar, an airport hangar in Los Angeles where you can rent a private jet for a photo shoot. <laughs> Just and you can be like uh, like jet setting wherever, and then you can get and then go into LAX and take a Southwest flight. And the idea of is that we're all kind of doing that. I'm going to Hampton in. I'll be honest with you, but you could like, I could put up a fake uh, backdrop to be like the four seasons are like out by the pool. I'm not like, this is where I'm at. And like, when you realize my hand was kind of forced in a lot of ways, I was exposed for uh, living a way that I was not projecting that I was living. And I Mm. realized on this side of it, it's actually much better that people know you for who you are mm-hmm. and love. There's a, there's a story about a, 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 an Instagram influencer that got so close to a cliff to take a selfie. She fell off and died. And that's actually, that's how, yeah, I think I heard that. Well, you've heard a different one because there's lots of them, Wow. But, but you go, well, what is she, what is she at the end of the day? What is she doing? She needs the closer she gets, the more likes or the more cool the photo would be. And that's that whole like, wow, what are we doing? So the, the, the delete that is is a book about all those types of things. And Whew. the way the way I grew up and the way everybody projects, like everybody's trying to say, like, I love meal prepping. I love like quinoa salad and like and- we're all at Pizza Hut, bro. <laughs> we all are. And then you realize that we're all we're all doing that. Wow. Life, life is much better when you learn that. And it's a funny journey through my entire life and my own story and as well as a bunch of other ones. Well, yeah, I can't wait to read it, man. And and I mean, we have so much to learn from you, John, with only so much little time. So I want to hit on net positive for a moment before we exit this podcast. And if y'all heard any debunk, you probably didn't, but we've been struggling with the Wi-Fi either on one of our ends or the other, but we're still going to make this work, man. It's going to be an incredible episode and it has been because of you. But with net positive, is there anything that you feel like personally with any episode, any moment, any any you know, epiphany you've had on net positive where you've really understood how much having these conversations, I'd say podcasting, but like, no, how how having these conversations has helped you sustain this new version of John Christ, as opposed to, you know, even like going back to the old version, right. Which was with you before rehab, you know? So where is, where are these conversations and, you know, taking, taking it upon yourself to make it a responsibility to use your platform in a sense, um, where has that helped you on the inside? well i think it's more a more long form uh way of communication like I'm, i'll be on uh fox news tomorrow tomorrow in the morning but that's a quick three minute bit you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. it's where you can't really you can't really get into uh long form feelings about things and there's so many things going on in the culture um 
that it's helpful to kind of to kind of unpack all those things together with a buddy and that's what our our like we have so many things that we talk about on the podcast every week about like that like you know what a mini library is those things are everywhere but like also the libraries exist like you're just like virtue signaling to everybody like i live in a, a neighborhood that there's like six million dollar house it's like a very forward-facing idea where like everyone linked to the other person trying to make ourselves look better and yeah. we can debunk and kind of come about those things on the podcast as a group um i mean the listener everybody loves it and the listeners too We've learned a lot from you and I think a lot too. I mean, you opening up the way that you did. I can't thank you enough um, for spending this much time with me and even taking the time to do so while you've been on such a busy tour. Um, so as you go and do your tour, I'm going to link everything below, folks. Thank you so much for listening when you could have clicked any other podcast. Speaking of uh, net positives out on the air as well, um, you know, John's show and everything else about the man uh, of the hour is below too. So you guys, thank you so much, John. It was such an incredible time getting to know you. Um, and again, I think we have so much more to learn from you too. So everybody be sure to follow him. Um, and in the show notes, we'll have everything that we've mentioned below too. So thanks, buddy. You're the man, Justin. Thanks, bud. Hey, friends, Justin again. Well, that was the conversation today, and I hope you took plenty away from it. For those who keep coming back to this podcast, I want to say thank you for always being here and growing with my guests and I over the years. And if you're new to the Men of the Hour show, thank you for being here, and I'd love for you to come back next time by clicking that subscribe button. Oh, and for all of us tuning in right now, I'd love to hear your thoughts on today's episode by leaving a rating and review right where you're listening. Until next week, I'm your host, Justin Crawford. Continue taking care of yourself and inspiring others to do the same.